Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Secret informers and double crossings, it sounds like a spy novel. Nope, it's just Nehemiah on this episode of Inverse. Hey, it's Justin from Inverse, and we've got a whole series of topics prepared just for you, pertinent for young adults. And we want you to get even more involved in our Bible study. So we prepared a Bible study guide called the Inverse Bible Study Guide. And you can access it by going to inversebible.org. From there, you can see all of our topics and study guides and materials and blogs and whatnot. And study the Bible and join our conversation here on Inverse. Welcome to Inverse. We are in the midst of a study on the topic of leadership throughout the book of Nehemiah. We've been coasting through chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and I think we're in chapter 6. And we're talking about Nehemiah and how he gets through all this opposition that's happening in Jerusalem at the time. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Israel can pray for us, and we'll get into the text. Father, we thank you that through Scripture you give us answers to the challenges that we face in everyday life and also as leaders. And so we pray that you would be with us as we study your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jonathan, we're in chapter 6 of Nehemiah, verse 10 through the end there. Okay, let's read. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this reason, he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have a cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sembalat and according to these their works and the prophetess, Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Okay, let's stop there and take a break there. And Siku, can you kind of give us context? Uh, we did uh, look at the rest of chapter 6 on our last episode, but kind of give us a preview and get into the, top, into the discussion. Okay, well, we're coming off of chapter 5, which was the climax mm-hmm. of the book of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the previous ep- episode you mentioned the, the chiasmatic structure mm-hmm. of the book. So chapter 5 is kind of this pinnacle point. And then from there you see elements mirrored throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the book that you saw at the beginning. And in chapter 4 we had this, these, this opposition from Sanballat as the ringleader. Mm-hmm. And we see that happening again here in chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And where we came from at the beginning of chapter 6 was they call Nehemiah and they say, let's go and meet in the plain of Ono. Mm. And he says, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> and, um, that was better than Justin's uh, attempt. Oh, really? Okay, okay. I did well. All right. And then There's now, more opportunity coming up in this chapter. So <laughs> give me another, another chance. Yeah. And now we come to the place where now they're using uh, uh, religion to try and trick Nehemiah into into walking away from the calling that God has used him, that, that God is calling him to. And so they're calling him to, to go into the temple and do something that um, would be contrary to his, what, what's right to do. Mm-hmm. But they're using religious connotations. Mm-hmm. 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 And then, Jonathan, what's going on in the part that you read there? Well, it's just, uh, it amazes me that, you know, to, to what extents they go here to, to try to deceive Nehemiah yes, and to yeah. stop the work. 
Um, I mean, you had the, the social deception, military deception, you just mentioned the spiritual deception going on. So you have this guy named uh, Shemaiah, mm-hmm. uh, Shemaiah, I don't know, you know, anyways, he, he, he's like this prophet, it seems, or has a mm-hmm. reputation as a prophet, and says, hey, come, let's just, let's hide. This is a, you know, they're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Nehemiah sees through that deception. God gives him discernment and uh, says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. not going to. So in the first section, we see, you know, uh, digital messaging, social media, conniving going on, uh, propaganda wars. But in verse yes. 10, now this is a, this is spiritual deception. This is, yeah. this is internal, internal, this shouldn't be. There's a, it's a transgression, the most blasphemous here. Yes. And he's coming together. But let me ask uh, Israel, what is so bad about meeting in the, in the house of God? I mean, what, is, what are those dynamics? I mean, why and how, how did Nehemiah, I mean, how, what? We'll yeah. Talk about it. I, first, not everything that not everything that's religious is holy, mm. you know. And a lot of times, the attack, not the all, everything that's religious is holy. Yeah, that's, that's a, so tweet. a lot of a, a lot of times we think, oh, because this is a religious yes. context, or yes. because this is a religious meeting, or because this is a religious project, or because this is a religious approach, then it must be good or holy. Mm-hmm. And so they're inviting uh, Nehemiah, who's not a priest, to enter into the temple. And to be a part of this religious gathering, you know, let's come together, right. let's meet, come to the temple to save your life. This is going to be the protection that we will provide for you, the fact that these people will not come into the temple to kill you. And so he's using here the things of God to provide protection for his spiritual uh, or for his physical life. The thing is that Nehemiah, either Nehemiah is doing the will of God or the work of God or no. Mm-hmm. If he's doing the work of God, if he's in the will of God, and God decides to take his life, God decides that it's time for Nehemiah to die, then who is Nehemiah to say, no, I want to live longer, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, you're, putting a, you're being put in a situation where you're distrusting the character or the calling of God upon your life. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah is saying, look, I cannot do this, right? The other thing is that uh, what, what, to me, what struck out to me as uh, Jonathan was reading in verse 11, it says, should such a man as I flee, mm. right? He's processing like, hey, you know, essentially what Nehemiah is saying is, look, this does not make any sense mm-hmm. that while doing the will of God, I should be afraid. Mm-hmm. These two things don't go. Uh, we should be afraid when we're not doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. When we are doing the will of God, we should never be afraid. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, should such a man as I flee. Mm-hmm. And as he's processing, this does not make sense. In addition, he understands that he does not have the right, according to Scripture, to be, to be doing what he's been asked to do. Mm-hmm. And so he uses the calling upon God, his previous experience, combined with scriptural authority to conclude. And then you have the, the key word in verse 12. Then I perceived that God did not send them. Mm-hmm. So he uses his previous experience and the word of God in order to come to the discernment that what is happening is not holy. And so here we find the biblical leader should always function based on Scripture and God's previous experience with them. Am I doing the will of God? If I am, I don't need to be afraid. Each of the hard moments of Nehemiah's life, it seems like he always goes back to the original calling. Yeah, And And that calling is not based on his ability or his qualifications. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's those intimate times we have with God 
that gives us strength for the for these hard times. And 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 as a leader, we often forget that. With and and, and that's what's that's the temptation to be swept yeah. with all that's going around you. You know, I think there's a key point you're bringing out here. It is his individual relationship and experience with God that keeps him on the right track. Here, he is in the Word of God. He he knows what he's called to do. Um, when we don't have that certainty that we are in the will of God, but we might just be like a you know, we think we're doing what's right. We think, you know, we, we, we might not be completely convinced there's a temptation and, you know, maybe we don't have such strong connection with God. If then a religious authority comes to me and says, hey, you know, we should do this and that to just be like, oh, well, you know, he's a prophet. I mean, <laughs> think about it. If a prophet comes sure. to your door, yeah. let, let's say we have a prophet right now, you know, and uh, that is recognized as a prophet and he tells you this, um, <clears throat> you would trust that spiritual authority figure and then he leads you into a trap, um, it, not something you would expect. So it is only because uh, Nehemiah has that personal connection with, with God and is rooted in Scripture that he is able to, to navigate this very, very tricky situation. Like, I mean, I'm a very trusting person, which is a problem in this group because you all make fun of me and all these things. But it's like I would never expect you guys oh, to deceive Sean, me, you know. Except you maybe you know, I, I would never deceive you. Yeah. Never in my life, I would never do such a thing. Um, but you know, so Dude. if you, I'm just kidding. Um, but if you, you're very trusting, you know. So if if you guys tell me something, I will believe you. Mm. I will believe you. Uh, you can ask my wife. I believe anything. It's a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and so. Um, we believe you. <laughs> but no, the lesson that I take from this is really I, I want to have that kind of discernment. I need that connection with the mm. Word of God and with God yes. uh, yeah. to be able to navigate the tricky situations that the devil will throw at me and all of us sure. in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important just underscoring that every experience so far for Nehemiah, every experience is rooted in God's Word. Even that, that Nehemiah chapter 1 experience of praying and, and struggling with this burden that was on his heart, it's rooted in an understanding of what God said in his word in the past. And always it seems, you know, when trials come, when, when, when temptations come, he can look back to that first experience, which was already rooted in the word of God, mm-hmm. and he still has the word of God presently to guide in, in discerning mm-hmm. what is God's will and what is mm-hmm. not God's will. And just, just to go on, on something Israel said like right at the beginning of his comment, um, using religion the way that the, using religion or using spirituality to manipulate people mm. this is something that has happened you know so the game time yeah yes. and and um and nowadays uh, just to speak to this uh, you know I'm from Zimbabwe and there's kind of like this backlash uh, you know in in african thinking i guess in general a backlash against religion which was used to colonize, you know, Africa, to colonize, you know, people all over. And it's kind of this backlash, well, you know, religion is just a tool that people use to dominate and to, you know, to take advantage of people, which, which is the case indeed. Mm-hmm. But the difference is having a personal relationship with God and a personal experience with God's word so that I'm not taken... I'm not swept away yeah. by the yes. abuses of religion, which are things that are a reality. Sure, sure. And just parenthetically, too, to what you were saying, uh, missions was used by many colonial powers to subjugate the different right. lands. But 
Uh, history also tells us that the missionaries were often the ones that fought against the abuses of the colonial powers mm -hmm. and brought in democracy. And so there, there is a duality to that, and it's a lot more complex. But I just mm -hmm. wanted to make sure if anyone had that idea, it's not, it's not uh, supported by, by yeah. Siku's comments even more. <laughs> um, yeah, the, this Nehemiah distills for us uh, the great controversy in a very simple way, mm. and for, especially in the context of leadership. Satan's attack ultimately boils down to uh, one thing, and that's fear or intimidation. That's ultimately, when you, when you distill every single attack on Nehemiah, it boils down to intimidation and fear or bullying. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to bully you to stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and God's counterattack every single time to intimidation is confidence in God. Mm -hmm. Have confidence in God. Don't, have, don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on the wall. Don't focus on the people. Don't focus on the uh, uh, enemy. Focus, have your confidence in God. And confidence in God through this is always built on, established upon the Word of God. So you have the Word of God that always combats. And this doesn't make a lot of intuitive sense because we think, all right, it, you got to fight politics with politics. you got to fight uh, uh, physical... Fire with fire. Uh, yeah, fire with fire. Mm -hmm. And God says, no, actually, in every situation, in every context, the answer always boils down to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. When you're physically attacked, the Word of God. When you're spiritually attacked, the Word of God. When you're attacked in any way, shape, or form, the Word of God builds confidence in the God of the Word. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. Mm -hmm. When we come back after the break, we're going to get back into the Word of God. And we're going to see in this six-chapter uh, episode of building the wall comes to a conclusion, but that's not the end and even the end goal of Nehemiah. We'll look at that when we come back. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back, friends. We are in the middle of an assassination attempt on Nehemiah's life where they use a false prophet. And the question is, are there false prophets uh, in the Bible? Yes, yes, there are. And rather than this one chapter, false prophets take a larger role throughout the Bible, and especially in the last days. So there's a lot of overlink and, and, and a good study here. Uh, verse 12 is where, where I like to read. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Yeah. Uh, where does he does develop this discernment from? Uh, where is he getting this? How is he picking up on these cues? Mm -hmm. Siku? Well, I, I'm thinking in verse 11 when he talks about if he has a right to be going into the temple in the first mm. place based on you know, God's word. Mm -hmm. And if what to the law and to the testimony, if they don't speak according to this, then the truth is not in them. Mm. So he, he discerns from his understanding of what God has already revealed that if you're not speaking in accordance with what God has previously revealed, then you cannot be speaking on behalf mm -hmm. of God because God mm -hmm. won't contradict himself. This, mm -hmm. this is such an important thing because it's so easy. There's this whole idea out there that you know, just because you have maybe a spiritual title or you are in a, in a spiritual position that, you know, you must speak the truth. I mean, we, we expect somebody who, who is in charge of a lot of people, like a pastor or, you know, maybe a speaker or maybe somebody who calls himself apostle or prophet. We, all that is still very much uh, happening today. Yeah. Um, you would expect, you know, that they fear God and they would not want to deceive. And maybe some of them 
truly are not trying to deceive, but they are themselves deceived, and so whatever they share is, is deceitful. But um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the point is that um, we, we need to have that discernment that Nehemiah had mm-hmm. nowadays. It is so easy to be deceived. It is so easy to hear things that sound right, even scripture that is being you know, m- misapplied or, or twisted or taken out of context just, just to you know, inform uh, and, and support the agenda of whatever the person wants to do. So I just feel like we need to um, get more and more back into the word with a very uh, surrendered mindset. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, enlighten my mind as I read this word. I don't want to be deceived. Um, we live in a day and age where this is happening on, on a lot of a lot of TV channels and a lot of a lot of places and a lot of churches. Yeah, when you read this in, in at first glance, sometimes like, wow, he's got this superpower of discernment. Yeah. <laughs> I want that discernment. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking for myself here. Uh, <laughs> why why do I want that spiritual discernment? Mm-hmm. And we can often want the spiritual gifts for a very selfish reason mm-hmm. and end up being the false prophets that we are trying to go against. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, the Lord gives him spiritual discernment in the midst of a trial, in the midst of hard responsibilities to help him survive. A lot of times we want these spiritual gifts free from the, the hardship and, and that negative yeah. context. But we, the Lord gives it to, to edify us and to yes. build us up, which is what the spiritual gifts are, yeah. it says in Ephesians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, God gives in Ephesians chapter 4, God gives the gift to match the situation yes. or the circumstance. Yes. And like you said, a lot we want to build a bank of gifts. You yes. know, hey, just in case we ever need it, I just right. want to show, I want to wear my gift of discernment today so that people know I own it. You right. Know? Right. I want to have the gift of wisdom just so that people can see I'm a wise person. Right. But God always gives gifts for a practical purpose, and that's because you need it. You know, otherwise he's not going to give it. God is not into building banks of gifts, right? And so the 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 thing here that struck me is that this this person that's coming to Nehemiah, he he he's he's not just a prophet, but he's a leader. Yeah. You know, and and here he speaks or I think the Bible speaks to leadership. Uh, he's coming as a form of a leader and, and Nehemiah is relating to him first as a leader and then he's relating to his message as a prophecy. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, I think the key component when it comes to this is that Nehemiah's experience has grounded him to, in such a way that he's learned how to make God his leader. Mm-hmm. And when God becomes your leader, it changes your whole dynamic. Like, like you know, Moses says, he was not afraid of the king, of the Pharaoh, because he had seen the invisible God. And when we, a true leader sees the power of the invisible God, every other leader falls into place. And we have, to, I mean, we ought to have a healthy respect for leadership. Yes. Whether we agree with them or not, there needs to be a healthy respect for leadership. But that does not mean, respect does not automatically demand a surrender of the God-given responsibility that he's given to us to build this wall. And so Nehemiah doesn't just have the gift of discernment here, Mm -hmm. but he also has the ability to to relate to the leader in a way that is proper within that situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have many prophets in our world today. We have many leaders who will come and say, you have to respect me because I went to a seminary, Mm -hmm. because I have a degree, Mm -hmm. because I am a minister, because I have been appointed to do something. And and Nehemiah says, nah, no, 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 no. My experience and my relationship with the Word of God is going to be the determining factor in how I live and my life and how I lead my God-given responsibility. To add to your point, I'd like to bring out in verse 10, uh, this, this Shemaiah guy. Uh, says, quote, let us meet together in the house of God 
within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple, comma, the reasoning is, for they are coming to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I appreciate your point. Uh, maybe if I can add to it here, Nehemiah, if, if I were Nehemiah, and these guys, Sandal and Tobiah, have been after me, mm-hmm. and then this guy's saying, hey, they're trying to kill you. It's easy to kind of get into a, a binary mindset. Yeah. They're bad. You're anti-them. Then you must be good. And just, just black and white and just look yeah. at these two things. But what you're saying is we can't be binary. Anyone who's my, the enemy of my enemy is my, is my friend. Mm-hmm. No, we got to be unitary to God yeah. and question everything. That even if this person is, is binary, if, if, if this is making sense on yeah, any yeah. level, uh, that no, and, and, and discerning. And, and looking through that, mm-hmm. why come to the temple? You know, he's a lay person. He was not allowed in the temple. If the temple guards saw him after hours, after 5 5 p.m., closed the temple and he's there hanging out, I mean, they had every right to kill him on spot. So this is a perfect setup where Sam Bilet and Tobiah would have been, you know, I don't know what he was doing in the temple. Or an abuse of power. I mean, he would be, this would be an abuse of power just because he's able to find himself in the temple. Mm -hmm. You you know, and and so Nehemiah will not abuse power even to save his life. Yeah. It speaks very, very dramatically to the character of the person that Nehemiah is. And, and ultimately, when you read the, the entirety of Scripture, leadership is defined by this quality, the quality of character. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that God ever looks at. Mm-hmm. Just, just to speak yes, to the, this binary thing, yes. too, um, our, our view of what it means to be a good Christian sometimes falls into that. It's, it's either this or that, as mm-hmm. opposed to, being a Christian, like following Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, I'm not liberal, I'm not conservative, you know, I need to be balanced. Mm-hmm. But being a Christian is not about being balanced. Being a Christian is about following Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes that looks very radical, you know, and sometimes it looks sometimes it looks liberal, sometimes it looks conservative, yes. but right. it's about following Christ. That's and so right. not, I just wanted to, really to bring that yeah. to bear, like in general, Amen. just following God and having God as our focus, that yeah. is the essence of our Christian experience. Centrism is not, is not balanced, that's not Christianity. Right. Let's go to verse 14, and he busts out into a prayer. And it's very <laughs> interesting that this this narrative is 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 dripping with Nehemiah's prayers, mm. and often he never says, "And I prayed." It's just he just you know yeah. spontaneously goes yeah. into the prayer. Verse fourteen: My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat. So here he's not binary again; he's unitary to God mm. and saying, "Hey, remember them according to these uh, their works." And the prophetess Noadia and the rest of the prophets who would have me made, made me afraid. Who in the world is Noadia? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> so we, we have no information on who this no idea is. I have no idea of where this person is coming from. But it's apparently not just Shemaiah that is being the false prophets, a whole gang of them. Uh, and again, it follows verse 4 there. And they sent me this message four times. There's persistence. Yes. And then in terms of numbers, there are different people, different prophets, a female right. prophet, a male prophet, yeah. a gang of prophets are coming out. And here, Nehemiah maintains his yes. focus throughout it all. Powerful. And he can only do it in the midst of his prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you. Sometimes we do prayer as like, you know, I'm going to pray for you. That's all I can do. And it, it seems like prayer is a, mm-hmm. a minimal, least common denominator. But in this book, prayer is the most you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's the highest nuclear bomb you have in your arsenal. I mean, firstly, I appreciate the inclusion of women. You know, women can be bad, too. You know, so <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was good. Okay. But then also that, that the way that Nehemiah prays about this, he, he puts 
them in the hands of the Lord. Mm. Yeah. You know, and um, he calls he calls Noadia uh, a prophetess. Is he not diminishing her position like prophetess, mm -hmm. like that respect for leadership and respect for the positions that people have? But he's like, but God, remember what they're doing. You know, and I appreciate that in in his encounter and his experiences, he still he realizes um, that God ultimately will deal with these people. Like. Mm -hmm. He's got a work to do and God can deal with them. And so yeah. in our experience, when, when we're facing opposition and sometimes from when we are experiencing a negative response from yeah. people that we would have expected to be in leadership, yeah. that we would have expected more from, not to get discouraged, to keep working and put them in the hands yeah. of God. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's powerful if you continue here in verse 15 and 16, it says, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul and 52 days. And it happened when all of our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. I love how that comes right after the prayer. He's like, you know, uh, you know God remember them and you know, you see the situation and boom, the next thing, the wall is finished. Mm -hmm. Like all these, these, these attacks that we've been working through in our studies here, it, you know, Satan was not able to stop the work mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. And everyone's realizing it. This was, I mean, they, they're all understanding these things, they, you know, they were disheartened, but they perceived this was done by Yeah, by this God. is amazing yeah. that even 52 days, even by modern standards, yeah. that's a very amazing accomplishment. The entire wall. Yeah. Uh, but he used it using primitive technology, but using mm -hmm. unity of the people yes. and, and the Lord obviously helping them out. Um, Jonathan, can you finish the rest of that sure. chapter? Go to 17, 18, and 19. Also in verse 17, also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, and his son Jehohanan had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Also they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Again, you see a lot of more emails going on, yeah. intimidation, a propaganda war. Very interesting there that there is the last tactic of, it, of the enemy is, 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 is mentioned there. Mm -hmm. This is in-laws and yeah. marriage. Not that all in-laws are bad. I'm not saying that at all. But through marriage connections mm -hmm. and how many churches break up because of, of families and interactions and politics. And it gets all messy and different mm -hmm. clans and tribes and, and whatnot. And all through all this spaghetti of a mess. Yeah. Nehemiah is laser line focused and maintaining it. And in the middle of there, what Jonathan read, 15, 16, and 17, mm -hmm. that even our enemies heard of it. And all nations around us heard these things, that they perceived yeah. that this work was done by our it, God. Israel. The, the, what I love about this passage is the fact that it shows who God, it gives us a picture of God. Mm. There's nothing that God is afraid of. He's not, like God is never frightened or frazzled by the fact that he's given us something too large to accomplish, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, God is never frazzled by that. But here what emerges, because twice it is mentioned in verse 14 and 19, this concept of fear. Mm -hmm. I feel like God's biggest fear is that his leaders will be afraid. Mm -hmm. And when we can overcome the fear of fear, God is able to do amazing things. Yes. Mm -hmm. How many of you out there are needing courage in your life? This book shows us that there's nothing new under the sun, especially in the Lord's eyes. The Lord will give us courage at the right times that we need it. And our, my, my takeaway from this lesson is let's have laser line focus to be unitary to the, the, to the person and the presence of God. And that's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you for being a blessing to us on social media. Thank you for sending your letters of encouragement. Send more letters, not the letters of, of Sandalet and Tobiah, but more, more encouragement, the better. We'll be praying for you guys. God bless. Thanks for joining us here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.